From Moses, the Midwest Organic and Sustainable Education Service, this is the In Her Boots podcast, a show about women cultivating the sustainable and organic agriculture movement and how she does it. My name is Lisa Kiverest, and I founded and lead the award-winning Moses In Her Boots project, providing training, resources, and support for women farmers. I'm a farmer myself, running in serendipity with my family in Wisconsin, and I'm the author of Soil Sisters, a toolkit for women farmers. The In Her Boots podcast celebrates the collaborative spirit of us women farmers and all women working to transform our food system and steward our land, sharing ideas and inspiration with each other. Whether you're a woman with a dream of starting your own farm or already have your hands deep in the soil, there's something for you here. During these winter months, we're casting our interview net a bit wider, still talking to women farmers and also other women playing a variety of roles in organic food and farming, from agency women, authors, and activists to entrepreneurs. Typically, you'll hear a series of interviews with the same woman over two months, with a new episode released every other Friday through the winter. Be sure to subscribe so you won't miss anything. Today, we sit down with Kara O'Connor, Government Relations Director for the Wisconsin Farmers Union. Kara is an inspiring example of all the roles we women play outside the field to advocate and fight for a healthy food system. We'll hear Kara's story of how she got to where she is, from idea seeds planted during travels in France, to law school, to always having a desire to champion for the underdog. As Government Relations Director for the Wisconsin Farmers Union, Kara advocates at the Capitol and throughout Wisconsin and beyond for policy that promotes healthy food in our community, sustainable family farms, and stewardship for our land. Her prolific op-eds appear in media outlets throughout Wisconsin. She was recently named one of Brava Magazine's Women to Watch for 2018, innovative women leaders who are making things happen in Madison and beyond. We are here with Kara O'Connor, the Government Relations Director for the Wisconsin Farmers Union. Thanks for stopping by, Kara. It's great to be here. <laughs> I always love talking to Kara because it's like a lesson in civics and democracy and grassroots activism all in one with her. But uh, tell us a little bit about how you ended up here because while a lot of our stories focus on farmers, one thing we want to feature during these winter months with our In Her Boots podcast is stories of women who do a variety of things in the food system because you don't farm, but you are super important to farmers and there's a lot of roles we can play. But but how? tell us a little bit about what you do now and take us where it started. Now I have the distinct pleasure of getting to represent Wisconsin Farmers Union members at the legislature and before state agencies and even in Washington, D.C. with our uh, federal congressional delegation. And the views that I express to those elected and appointed officials are the views of our members that have been articulated through the grassroots policy process that is characteristic of Farmers Union. So um, for over 100 years, Farmers Union has existed throughout the U.S., um, organized in state chapters and then even down to the local level. And it is our members who give us as um, government relations staff and representatives um, our marching orders. So when our members say, we're concerned about groundwater, when our members say, we're concerned about consolidation in supply chains, when our members say, we're concerned about the conditions for agricultural workers. That's what drives the positions that we take. I came to this work as a as a non-farmer, and I grew up in the suburbs of Kansas City, 
not being interested in uh, in farming or in engrossed in a farming community at all. Did but you have a grandma's farm? You not no, even no, that. They're like no. me. <laughs> my, How did we end up here? <laughs> my sister went to the state agricultural university, K State, and and I remember telling my mom when I was in high school, I don't want to go to K State. It's full of farmers. <laughs> but what happened? But I have always been a champion for the underdog. I, I mean, ever since I can remember. And what happened was in um of irritated by injustice and uh, just sort of in my heart grieved when I thought something was unfair. And what happened was in college, I studied abroad in France, did some research projects related to the foundation of the agricultural policy in Europe and was there at a time when there was great consternation in the agricultural community in in Europe. Uh, Farmers were dumping milk and overturning trucks of oranges to protest inequalities in uh, trade policy. And I thought, this is fascinating. And I began to understand that there were really important questions about fairness and um, equality in our food system. And I thought, what more important work is there to do than to try to make sure that the very food that feeds us comes to us in a fair way? And that all the people along that supply chain are treated fairly. And so it's a real pleasure now in my work with Wisconsin Farmers Union to be advocating for those basic fairness questions for farmers. That's great. So after college, what was your degree in then? Or were you international studies in French? Oh, and then right. I did a law degree at the University of Minnesota. Okay. And then at, so when you were in law school, were you already looking at things with the agricultural lens or yes yeah. yeah um and i kind of did the did the midwest tour so nebraska kansas minnesota and now wisconsin and it's been fun to see the differences in the agricultural landscape in those states yeah yeah so um why did you go to law school it seemed like a nice tool to have in one's yeah. tool belt well we want lawyers yeah. on our side that's for <laughs> sure you're one of the the good ones um but but you felt that, I mean, from the get-go, that to be able to do this work effectively, that background would be helpful. It helps. I, I will say that um, I talk with young people with some frequency who are wondering about w- whether they should go to law school. You certainly don't need a law degree to do the kind of work that I'm doing, um, government relations or advocacy. It helps in certain circumstances. It gives a a background in and a grounding in the law, but there are lots of smart people who are doing this without law degrees. And in as many doors as it opens, it can shut others because you carry around a burden of debt. And that's something that I share with lots of farmers that the realization, oh, literally, literally, yes, literal debt, with yes, school, sure, yeah, 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 student loan debt. So. Um, you don't make a killing when you go into policy work and. Uh, the debt assumes so, that you might be going to work at a big law firm and yeah. and it well, that's not- an un, that's an uneven playing field mm-hmm. but yeah yeah so after law school you had some other positions or experiences before the farmers union right? i worked for the department of employment and economic development in minnesota and then um had a wonderful experience as an intern with the michael fields agricultural institute here in wisconsin that's what brought me to wisconsin and um, a big shout out to Margaret Crome, who's the policy director at the Michael Fields Ag Institute. 
she um, taught me a whole lot about um, advocacy, how to build a grassroots campaign and identify grassroots supporters for a policy position, how to articulate that in a way that is compelling to elected officials, and also just to understand the workings of how government programs get funded. Um, it's a wonder, it was a wonderful internship program at Michael Fields, and it was also through that that I connected with Wisconsin Farmers Union, and then when they had an opening applied. Awesome. Well, I'll duplicate that shout out to Margaret Crome. She's amazing, and she's one of those women who is always supporting others to get hooked on this kind of stuff. I mean, I clearly remember when she 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 encouraged me to make my first constituent call and work through the National State of Agriculture Coalition and then things. And it's so empowering. Yes. And I don't, addictive isn't the right word, but you know, you want more once you start realizing that what I'm doing is making a difference in the people you meet. But she uh, has done so much and is so, so like you, I must say, just so humble about their work. But there's so much going on that needs to be done. I think that's a big factor in what you do that I know I'm always learning and most people I don't think realize of the intricacies of this kind of work and it's not shouting the loudest <laughs> or anything like that you know it's it's really understanding the process and and knowing the players and knowing how government works it's also a little bit like a soap opera where you just have to dive in midstream in um and start learning as you go there's no beginning and or entry point, clean entry point really to understanding who's in government and um, what's happening in um, in government. There are always people coming and going, new relationships to be built, uh, water under the bridge that you may or may not know about, and everyone dives in at some point um, midstream. That's true. I mean, you... Uh... I didn't think of it that way. But yeah, you're the constant, really, right? I mean, it's more the elected officials. Some stay, but a lot change. So it's always developing new relationships, too. It helps to have some depth of experience so that when a bill comes up that came up four years ago or six years ago, I I might be able to look at it because I was around then and say, Oh yes, I remember how you know who was behind this and how it played out the last time. And I think that's really the benefit of organizations like Wisconsin Farmers Union and National Farmers Union too is there's a little um institutional knowledge and history. And I think that it's a wonderful way for someone who's wanting to advocate for a different a change in law to get hooked up with an organization like Farmers Union because you've automatically got some relationships built. You've already got some history and background on how this law came to be in the first place. That can be a real asset if you're trying to make change. That's what I love about the Farmers Union and organizations like NSAC, the National Sustainable Agriculture Coalition, is you do such a great job of synthesizing issues for farmers because the farm bill's long, right? I mean, the, the, it, these policies are complex. And I love how you can identify things that this bill is having a hearing and call your representative and here's the phone number sort of message. Uh, that is huge. And that helps so much. But it, uh, um, I want to talk a little bit more about when 
your story and going through that, and you mentioned like people don't need to go to law school to do this work, but what advice would you give somebody who really, particularly now in today's era, wants to make a change and wants to do what you're doing? What what routes do people take or two really what, what knowledge do you need too? I'm saying two really valuable experiences that someone could have and really at any age I I was about to say someone in college or just out of college but um, if someone's in the process of making a career change and wanting to do something totally different and dive into the policy world two experiences that would be very helpful would be interning or volunteering with an advocacy organization like farmers union or or on any particular issue um, that you are passionate about the second is volunteering or interning in a legislative office. So most uh, state legislators and federal legislators have internships and volunteer positions. Those are a great way to understand the inner workings of government. That's so see it from both sides. Right. Interesting. Because one thing in your role that I really admire, because it's hard to do, is you don't wear a political hat specifically, or you're not party affiliated or Right, aligned we, in that way. We do. Policy. You're cooperative. Like do, <laughs> yeah, 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 I know. Yeah. But that that that's not always that easy. I say from we, tr- we try very hard to be nonpartisan. So we do policy, but not necessarily politics. That's uh, you know Wisconsin Farmers Union, and um, what that, and I think that fits really well with our members who come in all political stripes, and it also is an important ground to stake out when we're advocating for rural people in rural communities. Because what I find is that the platforms of the two dominant parties do not fit 100% with the needs and the goals that I hear rural people articulate. Neither party has it 100%. And um, that makes it all the more important that we are able to work across party lines. Sure. What ideas do you have for that? I mean, how do you think people, citizens, farmers in general can have more of that dialogue, especially today where things are so partisan? There was a great article just after the uh, the 2016 elections where a woman from Wisconsin was interviewed as a as a Democratic voter, how she would get along with her neighbor who had voted for the Republican. And she said, well, I raise livestock and my neighbor sells really good hay. It's beautiful hay. And at the end of the day, we've got to cross this bridge because I want to buy his hay and he wants to sell it. That's a strength that we have in rural communities that we have economic and community ties with one another that hopefully can transcend some of those political boundaries. And if we are able to build relationships and maintain relationships despite those, that's a beacon for what we need on a much broader scale at the national level. Oh, yes. Here, here. Um, how it, One thing I'm always amazed at with the work you do is to keep up. I mean, there's just so much going on, even just, I mean, at our state level, Wisconsin, much less nationally. But what are sources of information you look at regularly that other people could access that you'd recommend? 
here in Wisconsin, we have something called the Wheeler Report. Um, and there's the public version, and then there's a sub- subscription version that we pay for. And that gives us a little more into the nitty gritty of what bills have been introduced, what, what bills have been circulated, but not yet introduced. So we see those things before they become available to the public. And that's, and, and so there are the really great news sources. Um, I really appreciate public radio's coverage of the Capitol and um, the major newspapers, the Wheeler Report. Um, but that's also really where an organization comes in because no one who is doing, who is farming <laughs> probably wants to spend eight or 10 hours a day also paying attention to what's happening in politics. And I feel like we are all, we are a great partnership if we as government relations staff are monitoring those news wires and sending out the pertinent information to the people who we know care about it. And then when those people on that one or two issues that really matter to them are willing to speak up and raise their voice. Um, that's a great partnership. We, as government relations staff, really need people to speak up and lend their voice to the conversation. And I, I think we can provide a service by doing that sift- sifting and winnowing that um, people who are actively farming and raising kids and um, raising livestock and maybe having additional jobs on the side um, don't have the time to do. It's a partnership. Sure, that's great. So what then defines success for you in your job role? Number one, that our members have a venue for discussing, learning, and articulating their views on policy issues. We, I'd say we're not succeeding as an organization if we aren't listening to our members. That's the definition of a grassroots organization. So um, we're, as an organization, voicing the views of our members. And we do that through local meetings and then at, the, at our annual convention at the state level. And those policy discussions that we have at the, at the annual convention are really inspiring. They're an exercise in grassroots democracy. And um, so I'd say that's, that's a mark of success for us. Two, of course, we want our um, policies to win the day at, at the state capitol. Sometimes that is a long process. And when I started this job, I think that I had a shorter term view of how long a bill would take to pass and a shorter range idea of when you would see a success. And as with anything, I think farming is a good analogy, say building soil. Um, government relations is very similar. <laughs> you're, you're building up soil over years and decades rather than weeks and months. Awesome. Thank you, Kara. Thanks for listening to our In Her Boots podcast. I'm your host, Lisa Kiverest, with the Moses In Her Boots project. This episode's audio engineer was Liam Kiverest of TechSocket.net. The podcast was brought to you by the Midwest Organic and Sustainable Education Service, MOSES. The mission of MOSES is to educate, inspire, and empower farmers to thrive in a sustainable organic system of agriculture. 
For more information on Moses, In Her Boots, and a bounty of organic resources, check out mosesorganic.org.